podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. In episode five of the NFL Vent Zone, we discuss if the Panthers are the worst team in the league. We address the league's fumbling issue and much, much more. Get involved and get it off your chest. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the NFL Vent Zone, presented by Sport Tank. Ollie Ong and Chris Tebbett here, ready to help you through the trials and tribulations that come with supporting a team in the National Football League. Tebbs, been a busy week for you. How are things? Been a busy week. I've left the palatial estate in Coventry, moved to my secondary palatial estate in Cheltenham, but for some reason I find myself here on the outskirts of Cambridge in a lovely city called uh, City, little town, Hamlet called Gambling Gay, as I depart tomorrow for uh, Athens, Greece. Um, but less of me, less of less of um, non-football-related news. Dolphins, we're trash again. What a surprise. Straight, uh, straight on yeah. <laughs> Well, get out of the way early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not... Um... Yeah, a bit of a uh, crash back to reality, but I don't think it's uh, any reason for panic stations just yet. I'm sure you'll be fine. Well, you you say that, but it's it's not so much that we're bad at football in the fact that we're we're bad at morality as well. We're not just we're not just a bad football team. We're bad human beings. I think that stuff. I think that when you look at the owners across the league, um, there's 32 owners. Funnily enough, I reckon that quite a lot of them are quite bad people. I mean, if you look at Schneider in um, Washington, uh, I don't really like Jerry Jones. Um, who else? Uh, well, I, I think that, that what's it? What's it? Um, who's the Raiders? Mike Davis. I don't think he's a bad person. I he's a nice he's guy. Idiot. I think he's just an idiot. <laughs> but but because we've said that all 32 owners are bad people, what you've done is you've insulted everyone who's got shares in the Green Bay Packers, which is a good start. Um, yeah, well, last week you insulted everyone that uh, supports the Eagles, so maybe we're just going through and, and alienating and, and, the whole. And you know, and you know what, Ollie, I stand by it. We're just alienating everyone. Anyway, before we, get, before we go too far down uh, the wrong direction, because we've already got distracted. Um, welcome to the show, listeners. This is the NFL Vent Zone. Uh, we're to we've we've gone through week four now, and I think it's fair to say that we're now able to kind of take stock of uh, what's going on in the league a bit. Um, see how some of the pre-season predictions have been playing out. For example, Tebs, Geno Smith, top five quarterback at the moment, yeah. according to ESPN quarterback ratings, and perhaps yeah, the level of quarterback play that the Seattle Seahawks have been searching for for the last 10 years, right? Yeah, didn't see that coming. Did not see that coming at all. But I will say my pre-season uh, prediction that Russell Wilson would be um, wank, that's come off. If only yeah, I could see. Yeah, I've just got to ask, actually. Um, how many people do you predict will be wank out of interest? Is is it Ooh, like fifty percent of the question. Good question. Um, well, if there's fifty-two players on each team and there's thirty-two teams, there's probably a good chance that about thirty-seven point one eight three of them are going to be wanky. And it's just so happened that Russell Wilson has found himself to be floating towards the top of that uh, particular percentage. Okay, well, maybe he'll have an opportunity to prove prove 
you wrong tonight when he plays the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, it's not, you know, iron sharpens iron and, uh, you know, shit dolls shit. So, you know, it doesn't matter. He's not going to be, he's not going to get any better if he beats the Colts. He's just going to be better than Matt Ryan, who we will talk about later in terms of his um, non-ability or his, this, not his, yeah. or, or, or his ability to not do a hot not to hold on to the football like yeah. a real basic thing in terms of playing football you need to hold on to the football this is the uh, nfl vent zone and uh, it wouldn't be an nfl vent zone episode if we didn't talk about the colts and matt ryan so at this point we're basically a um a uh, indianapolis colts like help helpline help. uh okay then so tebs we've mentioned the vent zone a couple of times uh, perhaps you could now explain to the listeners uh, what the vent zone is so what the NFL Vento is, it's for you. We're basically your NFL psychologist. We've got the chaise long ready for you to lie down on just to prove that you're not some Sigmund fraud of an NFL fan and you've got some real emotions to let out about your specific team. Are you annoyed that your quarterback's rubbish? Do you support the Broncos? Fine, we're here for you. Is the owner of your team Dan Schneider? Come on the vent zone. You know, is have you just bought a jersey, but the player has changed numbers? That's the vent zone. We're here for you to discuss things like that and get it off your chest. I couldn't have put that better myself. Tebs, that's why I leave you to explain it to the listeners every week, because you put it so eloquently and well-detailed. Did you see that pun, Sigmund Fraud? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that took me about 36 hours to come up with. <laughs> Time well spent, of course. Uh, right then, on to the event zone. And uh, today we're going to kick it off with my event. Um, as a 49er fan, I'm actually doing all right this week. So we're going to leave them. We're not going to talk about them. And instead, I'm going to move over to one of the more painful teams to watch uh, in the league without a doubt so far this year. And that is the Carolina Panthers. Now, I write a, uh, I write a column uh, every single week the event zone report and that goes on to the wonderful sport tank website um and uh, if you've read that there might be a bit of repetition here because uh, i wrote about this today as well now the nfl every week treats us to some incredible incredible performances athletes performing at the best of their ability doing things that you and i tebs could never even dream of it does however also subject us to baker mayfield and the carolina panthers and that is a far less enjoyable experience. Um, Baker Mayfield has a quarterback rating of 15.3. That puts him dead last. And he has made a torrid start to the 2020 season. Um, they're, in my opinion, absolutely the worst team in the league. Uh, and on top of that, they're just painful to watch. Every year we ask ourselves if like, the next Panther QB is going to be able to make the most of the offensive weapons. Um, DJ Moore... Christian McCaffrey, two elite talents, uh, no doubt about it, but they have not been utilised at all over the last few years. Uh, well, <laughs> partly because McCaffrey uh, barely makes it onto the pitch. Um, yeah, because he's got, he's, got, he's, got, he's got glass bones and paper skin. Yes, unfortunately so. Uh, unfortunately, though, for the Panther fans, it's not just the quarterback that's the problem, it's also the head coach. He now sits on a very disheartening win-loss record of 11 and 26 that's a ratio of 0.297 and uh i don't know if you agree here tebs but i think the one thing we do know about the panthers is that he is a sitting duck of a head coach and uh, seems lined up to be the first one to be fired this year um 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if you've watched any of the games, Tebs. I know last week you did say that it's Miami Dolphins or nothing on a Sunday night. But... I, 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 I can say that I watched their first game against the Browns. Um, sad. One word. That was enough for you, I guess. Sad. No, it's because the someone in the someone else in the room was um, supporting the Panthers. So it's one of those things where it is just a very, very sad, very, very sad team because. They were great when I first started watching football in, you know, they had Cam Newton. Now, I still think that one of the biggest, one of the biggest L's that the Carolina Panthers have to take is getting rid of Ron Rivera. He was a great head coach. To be fair, he's been doing right in uh, Washington. You know, obviously having Carson Wentz as a QB does not particularly help any, anything, but you know, it's just so strange that they were this new, they, you know, they're a relatively new franchise. And to make it to the Super Bowl and NFC Championship games, you know, as relatively quickly as they have done, um, it's just sad. It's just sad. Obviously, I don't even know if um, Cam Newton is on the on their roster. I, 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 I imagine not. So he was obviously there last year. He obviously had his whole I'm back thing, won a game, and then I think he threw like four or five picks against the Dolphins next week. Hilarious. Yeah, it was um, it was a it was a, a big old fall from grace for him because he came back and it was like, it was like Superman had arrived back, and uh, yeah. it went you know he rushed in a couple of touchdowns and it was like oh okay we're gonna be just fine and then the next week yeah it was all it all went downhill and it was so funny and um, for me, for me. yeah funny. and going back to kind of Matt Rule as well and just you get the sense that there's a bit of cluelessness going on there. I mean last year. He came up with the idea after Sam Darnold, I believe, got injured uh, and had. To, oh no, yeah, with their starting quarterback at the time got injured. So he decided that they were going to have a a uh, a two QB system. So there is essentially going to use both QBs on a match day um, to the point where PJ Walker came out in 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 press conferences and was like, "Yeah, that's not really going that well." The quarterback, we we struggled to get into a bit of rhythm, which you know, even me with very minimal. Uh, American football experience, I can kind of tell that you might lose a bit of rhythm there. Yeah, yeah, um, you don't, you, you do, like, it's quite a basic quarterback principle. You don't go for two, you never have two. Like, the thing that you, the thing that I feel like we might be missing out on is that the, the Panthers did actually draft a QB this year. They drafted the Ole Miss quarterback, Matt Corral, Matt Corral. Yeah. who was actually quite good, but he went down, I want to say, with a Liz Frank injury. I believe. Don't quote me on that. Um, so, like, he can come back next year if he can if he can do as well as he did at Ole Miss for the Panthers. This very well could be a non-issue by the time um, next season rolls around. But given that it's only week four, there's still a lot of football left, and it doesn't look like the Panthers are going to be doing anything apart from sucking. So, I think that if I had to put my money on a team that was going to have the first overall pick. It really could be them. I mean, Christian McCaffrey might just be good enough to win them enough games on his own um, to avoid that, but they do if he, look... If he plays. If he plays, yeah. if he carries on playing. Um, so, yeah, the Panthers, uh, they're going to come up again a little bit later. Uh, so uh, there's a tease. If you're a Panthers fan, you might just want to turn off. Uh, right. Next up, we're going to Cam, uh, who unsurprisingly has got something to vent about, the Indianapolis Colts. Cameron Cameron
nine fumbles in four games for Matt Ryan. His career high in a season is 12. He's on course to, to absolutely smash the all-time NFL record for most fumbles in a season. What is going on? He's so washed up. Every time there's pressure in his face, he just can't deal with it. He's like a statue. He can barely move. Matt Ryan's not even the biggest problem with this team. He's been, he, like, largely when he's protected, he's been okay. Our offensive line is trash. Our receivers are starting to step up now, which is which is a positive, but... We can't, if we can't win in the trenches, we can't get the running game going. Jonathan Taylor averaged 2.1 yards per carry on Sunday. We're a team that's built to run the ball, and Matt Ryan's just supposed to be there to manage the game. But the way it's going, he has to do everything, and we can't do that. Frank Reich and Chris Ballard, regardless of what happens this season, unless you're in the Super Bowl, I, I think they should be gone, because season after season, like we start so slow. And then we'll get better, but we'll lose stupid games. Like We always get better, but... At some point, you just, you can't keep making the same mistakes year after year after year. Ballard's been here since 2017, and Reich's been here since 2018, and this is where we are. We we haven't progressed as a franchise. We're stagnant, and I think it's time for big changes in the franchise. We need to find a franchise quarterback. But for me, I'm actually writing off this season now. It is what it is, but yeah, it's just I'm, I'm done with it now. I'm absolutely done. So obviously there's a lot to like unpack with that um <laughs> Matt, oh, like Cam, cam's a very passionate man and he loves his team and it is sad to sort of see him you know obviously give up this early and uh, to be fair i don't think he's particularly wrong in um thinking that considering that you look at the cults they have got like quinn and nelson on the o-line very good last year their o-line you know was fine under under wentz matt ryan was supposed to be like this breath of sort of fresh air which is strange for an old man um but it doesn't seem to be going the way that anyone expected. You know, I th- I may have even said it on the first episode of this uh, show. I thought the Colts were a, a shout for the AFC Championship game. Um, and that's another freezing arc that Cole will take from me. Um, <laughs> it's gone. I'll put it in Iceland. Put it in Iceland. That's where that, that's where that take belongs. Um, I don't really know what to say for the Colts because if you... I don't really think that they're going to find a franchise QB unless they they get very lucky. But I can see them just having having pl- basically QBs as plasters for maybe the next two years, which they've already done. Which they've done for what, what, like the last four years? Exactly. Ever since ever exactly. since uh, Andrew Luck retired, it has just been well, the, one the, the, plaster the, the, after another. Well, the thing is, is that like what the, the NFL seems to very much have an air of karma around it, right? That you can't, as Colts fans, you can't boo Andrew Luck on when he's on the field after he's announced his retirement and now expect your quarterbacks to be good going forward. You have to pay the piper for a few years to as penance for your disrespect to a man who, you know, injured himself quite regularly playing for you. So it doesn't particularly surprise me, but it's going to be interesting to see where they go going, going forward. But I just yeah. don't think it's going to look bright for the Colts for the, for at least a hot minute. No, I mean, it, it's been, <clears throat> yeah, one failure after another. Um, just quickly before we go on, uh, I'd like to just uh, give props to our producer, Cash, um, who after a very busy week was very, very tired and, 
got uh, did, probably did not appreciate being handed a two and a half minute long vent from a Colts fan. Uh, so well, well, um, well produced on that one, Chris. Well cut down. We appreciate that uh, greatly, so that we didn't have to listen to two and a half minutes. Um, and thanks, of course, to Cam for sending it in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, long, it, was, it was actually longer as well. He sent me yeah. an extra thirty more. seconds. Um, so, Naheem, Naheem Hines summed it up excellently this week uh, in an interview with Zach Kiefer. He said that um, basically he wasn't creating excuses, but he was just pointing out that when you start with a new, you start every season with a new quarterback every year. Like what? What? Can, like what can you really expect the ceiling to be? I mean, it. When you and he gave the example that of Tannehill over in Tennessee, and Tannehill's been there for a few years now. And Tannehill is nothing special. I mean, he's he's above average and he's good, but just the consistency has just put them in a stronger, like a, given them a few good years. Um, whereas these guys are having to react every single year and put together an entirely different season. I mean, if you think about um, like what Matt Ryan offers, you know it's completely different to everything that they've had over the last few years. I mean, it was meant to be really promising for them. You know, this we're talking about a, a, a quarterback that has won an MVP. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's got, had four Pro Bowls. It was, it was meant to be good. Um, Tebs, you, were, you weren't the only one who had a stone-cold take because uh, I had him as a, uh, as a player primed for a, uh, a potential bounce-back bounce back Player of the Year award. And uh, here we are uh, after four weeks and he doesn't appear to be able to move very well, which is important for a quarterback. Um, the, the main issue being that in just four games, he is responsible for 14 turnovers on his own. He is responsible for 14 turnovers. That's nine fumbles, which that baffles me to think that one player can have been can have produced nine fumbles in four weeks and he's had five uh, interceptions as well. So it's really, really not gone how the Colts Well, well, the, well the thing is you can't, you can't just put it all on Matt Ryan for nine fumbles because, you know, you, as an O-line, you're supposed to prevent that from even being a scenario that can happen. Like it's not just a quarterback position here that is under any sort of stress. Have they got running back, a, a, a generational running back? Yes. Wide receivers? I think the wide receivers for the Colts are pretty good. But the O-line, they've got to fix multiple problems here because the O-line shouldn't be allowing um, Ryan to get hit to the if point where have Matt Ryan, If you're going to have someone like Matt Ryan there, you better protect him and give him as much yeah. time as possible. It's you like it's it. like uh, if uh, like Brady in um, in Tampa Bay, he he lets you know when he's he, like he does he want he needs time in the pocket, and if he doesn't get time, he's pissed. <laughs> Matt Ryan needs to get pissed and uh, and ha- like start getting in the ear of his team and make sure that they protect him better because he's in trouble. And that whole season, may yeah, Cam is right. If they can't protect him better than they have been, it might be time to give up. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, right. If you uh, if you if you like hearing about the Colts, you can tune in every week because uh, <laughs> we do talk about them most weeks. Uh, right then, uh, this is the NFL Vent Zone. As you've been listening, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we want to hear from you though because we we know that NFL fans have lots to uh, get off their chest and vent about. And uh, to do that, to get your vent on the show for Tebs and I to discuss. 
you need to just send your event over to nflventzone at gmail.com. Okay, so very simple. Uh, record a voice note, send it to us. Uh, if you don't like the sound of your own voice, you can just write as an email, send it over, we'll get it on. Um, and yeah, we'll discuss it live on the show. Uh, so without further ado, Tebs, over to you and Eli Manning. So this one, I'm sort of staying away from the Dolphins for the time being because it's the, the situation over in Miami is not particularly, uh, you know, it's just not very funny. It's a, bit, it's a bit more depressing than anything else. So this is one that I I like. I like this a lot as a take. Um, it's Eli Manning, despite his awful like back-end career with the Giants, Eli Manning deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. No, I'm not saying first ballot, but I am saying Eli Manning deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. When you watch those Hall of Fame videos in which David Baker explains what exactly um, the Hall of Fame inductees should entail, it's you cannot tell the story of the NFL without them. And I fully, fully believe that Eli Manning fits that description. Two Super Bowls for the New York Giants. Tom Brady, he would be Thanos in double fingers, so many rings like the Patriots ring design would have so many more diamonds it looked really ugly yeah. but you've got you've got to think the big run Patriots had undefeated were about to go and put the Dolph the 72 Dolphins their their bin who cares we've now got the Patriots Eli Manning comes in the Giants were the wild card they come in they beat Tom Brady they beat the Patriots while well, the Patriots already had already written them off Everyone in that year had written off the New York Giants. They come in and smash it. Then they do it again, smash them, smash them again. Those two, those two storylines, those are what encapsulates what it means to be a football fan. And Eli Manning was, you know, he was the guy leading the orchestra there with um, Tom Coughlin, the, who was the Giants HC at the time. But you cannot tell the story of the NFL without Eli Manning, despite his back end of his career not being as stellar as, say, like a Marino or an Elway, you know. But not first ballot, but he deserves to be in Canton, Ohio. What yeah, do you think, think about that? Yep, I think you're right. I mean... The bet you're you're right to pick out the point that in order to be the, like the best way to sum it up is that you can't tell the story of the NFL without them. And when you think of the story of the NFL, the main character has got to be Tom Brady, surely. Yes, 100%. and um, when you think about the only thorn in the side of well, not the only thorn in the side, but the biggest thorn in the side of Tom Brady would have been Eli Manning and that team. And uh, it's uh, yeah. I think that is even for that reason alone, you can you you can kind of let him in. Um, and uh, if you look at the numbers, so I've just kind of only done a very quick comparison. So this this might really not really shed any light on anything. But he had fifty seven thousand yards and three hundred uh, three hundred sixty six touchdowns. His brother Peyton Manning seventy two thousand and five five hundred thirty nine touchdowns. So obviously uh, a much more impressive career. But we knew that anyway. Troy Aikman, also in the Hall of Fame, um, 32,900 yards and uh, 165 touchdowns. So way, way less. And he 
and he went to three Super Bowls. So I guess you can never really put it all down on stats. You can't because you don't, that doesn't tell the full story. But if you consider, if you do look at his stats, it's very impressive. 57,000 yards, 366 touchdowns. What, that's that's almost 20, well, 25,000 more yards than um, Troy Aikman and uh, like an extra 200 touchdowns. Um, but then Troy Aikman had that third Super Bowl. So I think when you consider that Eli only had the two Super Bowls and Troy had the three, I think it's uh, I think it makes sense. Um, it, it's more so the people who say that Eli Manning doesn't deserve it just because he wasn't, you know, great all the time. But it, it'd be something like saying it's not like I'm sat here saying Nick Foles should be in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, Nick Foles had a great, he had one of the best, you know, stories of all time. But Eli Manning was he was he was great when he needed to be, and. You can't have two Lombardis def- defeat an undefeated team in the Super Bowl and not not turn around and say, put that man, bronze that man up, send him, send him to Canton, Ohio, give him a gold jacket. I just, I, I don't. I mean, if you're, if you're talking about, um, you know, the story of the NFL, there was also the helmet catch, which I know you can't. I don't know if you, how much credit you can put <laughs> on Eli for that, but again, involved. Um, Right. So, yeah. Any last thoughts on Eli Manning there, Tebs? I think that I think you make a really good point, and you, um, yeah, explained it very well and made a good case for it. And uh, I don't think anybody will be arguing the fact that he's in the Hall of Fame. No, someone will. Some dappy will. Probably a Cowboys fan. <laughs> uh, okay then. Uh, what's up next? We're go- okay. So we're going to mix it up a little bit, actually. So um, obviously we've. What four weeks into this into this podcast, and we've been. This is the NFL vent zone. We talk about people's events on the podcast, but we've mentioned a lot about how we have some stone cold, well, some ice cold takes that are proven to be wrong. Freezing, freezing takes. So we thought we're clearly so good at these takes, we may as well make them public and uh, come up with some predictions uh, of things that we imagine will be featuring on the vent zone at some point throughout the rest of the year. Um, and we're going to welcome in uh, producer Cash for this as well. Uh, we're each going to come up with a um, a prediction of something that's going to come up in the event zone later this year, and uh, and then we can at least track it. So, Chris, do you want to kick us off, Cash? Every week. <laughs> Every single time, man. Uh, you tell us a professional operation. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Ollie, thanks, thanks for bringing me in, man. Um, you know, Loki uh, did that whole you know, sound drop, all that, that, you know, that video work. So, yeah, thanks for leading me. Yeah, away. it was, uh, yeah, we, 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 we'll need to share that on the social so that everyone can. Uh, I feel like the only thing it was missing was a big voiceover because, you know, Chris, this is a predominantly audio platform. That meant absolutely nothing to the majority of people consuming this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, got, yeah good, it's, it's a good, a good point well made there, Wally. Good point well if made. There was a, if there was a voiceover that said future prediction, would be all right. But um, hey, better luck next time. 
Uh, touche, man. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that one. That's it. Hey, that, that'll be my event for next week. Well, it should be your event for next week instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, I've so my future prediction. Uh, next, year, next year, we'll have a different producer. How about that? <laughs> if that's the case, it's only because oh, Chris has got too fed up with us. Uh, right, nice uh, Chris, True. let us know then. What, what's your prediction? So my future prediction is that we flash forward to four weeks' time. And there are people sending in vents from quite arguably the worst, and insulting another fan base here, the worst fan base in the NFL. And that is Dallas Cowboys. And that is with Cooper Rush being benched for Dak Prescott. I think people are going to be fuming on that one. What do you guys think? Well, I think that they're, yeah, I mean, NFL fans are not necessarily known for being the kind of like most rational, cool, calm and collected. And uh, true, true that emotional people. So I know that there has been like, obviously Cooper Rush has got off to this incredible start where he's actually won his first four games now as a starter. So everybody's going, oh, maybe he's better than Dak. And I think the reality is, is that's a far, like as a long way from the truth. However, if, if Dak comes back in and maybe they lose a couple games, you know that people will be asking. So I think that it's a really good suggestion, Chris. Yeah, I say. I mean, the other thing is, what you've seen, you've seen the uh, the difference he has been making. Like CD Lamb, you know, his 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 numbers have gone up a lot since he's been since he's been in there. I mean, to be fair, actually, Dak only had one game, but... which, is, well, which has been Dak... great. Which has been great for my fantasy squad because I got CD Lamb in a trade. <laughs> Dak, Dak Prescott only had what, like three quarters of a game, and in fairness to Dak, that was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who've got a very, very stingy defense. Uh, but the, I, yeah, looking at the other side of it, they have looked like a completely different team uh, since Cooper Rush has come in, and he has he has looked good. And and uh, he's the uh, according to ESPN, he's the fourth best quarterback in the league according to the ESPN quarterback rating. Now who again, are the other, who are the other ones? Who are the other ones? Uh, so it goes off the, Pat Mahomes, um, right. Tua Tungavailoa, and uh, yeah, no, no, you, can, you can stop doing it now. I just needed you to say that one. <laughs> <laughs> Any way to bring it back to the uh, Dolphins? Um, yeah. yeah, honestly, I feel like there's a high chance of that happening. Uh, Tebs, hit us with your prediction. God, do you ever look at your team and think, you know what? There's nothing going. There's nothing wrong with this squad, and then. And then the off-season happens, and then you realise, oh, no, 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 they were just hiding behind a mirror of being in a competent franchise. And you can't pin it on the players, because it's not their fault. But you, know, you can blame it on the wafty owners. Waft, wafty, waft. Stephen Ross, you absolute piece of shit. Fuck you. Get out of my club, right? Right. You can you can you can tamper with tamper with Tom Brady's contract if we get him, you fucking mug. We can you can tamper with Sean Payton's contract if we get him, you fucking spanner. How have you managed to tamper with two people's contracts and not get either of them, you fucking waste of space? Now we've got to rely on these two's wafty team, the 49ers, to shit it up for the rest of the season just so we've got a high draft pick. But we had to let one go. Because you're a mug. Absolute mug. So my future prediction is Stephen Ross is gone. He's gone because it seems that the NFL, they'll keep Dan Snyder in, even like with all of the horrible 
terrible things he's done and having a stadium that's fallen apart. But you can certainly punish people for tampering, can't you? And that's just going to look at the other people in the boardroom and say, Stephen Ross is shagging his squad top to bottom. Stephen Ross is out as a Miami Dolphins owner. That's my future prediction. Get out of my club, you mug. Well, do you know what's funny is um, because he can't, he did actually have a small victory during the off season. And that was that it didn't get proven that he uh, told uh, Brian Flores to deliberately lose games because there was also that rumor. um, Oh, Andy, uh, Andy, Andy, Andy was racist as well. Yes. So, uh, bad man. Not good. Uh, like we were well, saying but, earlier, there's some I will say, uh, Brian Flores' uh, lawsuit, uh, if he didn't do that, I wouldn't be, uh, I probably wouldn't be doing my uh, my doctorate. So, thank you, Stephen Ross, for being a fucking human piece of shit, so I can uh, write an 80,000-word dissertation about why you're a piece of shit. So... Oh, well, everybody... Uh, look forward to a year's time when we have NFL Vent Zone Week 68, uh, the Tebs' PhD. That's no, it's four much. years. It's four years. Four, year, uh, four, four years. years. All right, it's listeners, if you could just hang around for four years, you'll get to listen to 80,000 80, 80, words about the uh, about Stephen Ross. Anyway, I think that's quite dra- enough about Tebs. I'll, I'll, I'll do a dramatic reading and I'll make it all rhyme as well. 80,000 words as a limerick. Yeah. <laughs> That is that is pure talent. That is a lot. <laughs> yeah, and can you really whisper it into the mic in that really weird way that people find arousing? Yeah, because, uh, only only know. if only if I can do something really weird, like eat a fucking crisp right next to the mic. Oh, this oh, delicious, delicious crisp. Oh, let's meet him. <laughs> Not again. All right, all right, all right. I'll, I'm going to save everyone here. We're going to finish up with my prediction, uh, which. Um, Disclaimer: This is uh, this is a completely accurate description. This is one hundred percent going to happen. I'd put money on it if I were you. That is legitimate financial advice. Uh, Baker Mayfield. I've spoken about this team earlier. The Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield is going to continue his poor stretch. When Sam Darnold is eventually ready to come back, he's going to replace because he's injured at the moment. Uh, it would really ruin my prediction if he just it was injured for like the next two months. Uh, he's going to come back. He's going to replace uh, Baker Mayfield. He's going to be awful. And the Carolina Panther fans is just going to be venting constantly about Sam Darnold. Uh, they'll, they'll vent about Baker Mayfield. Then they'll vent about Sam Darnold. Then Baker Mayfield will come back in and they'll vent about him. It's going to be a miserable merry-go-round or quarterback pain. So uh, that's what I predict is going to happen. So the weird thing with the Panthers is, is that everyone seems to be very high on PJ Walker when he comes in. He seems to be one of these people who just comes in and has a real good few seconds. I'm not sure if he's still with the Panthers, but it's gonna be, I th- I think he is. I think he is. But I'm not entirely sure only because obviously Matt Corral's now injured out for the season. But I'd love it if Sam Darnold um came back and smashed it. You know, if you look at his sort of small stretch last year where he had like he led the league in rushing touchdowns for like two weeks, which was a madness. Oh, yeah. But um yeah I can I can see that happening. I can fully, I can fully see Sam Darnold them going, bring in Darnold, but it is, it is very strange when you have two very young players who are basically looking to see who's going to be a backup in, I don't know, Houston next year. Like that's what, that's what they're fighting for. They're fighting for who's going to be a backup quarterback next year. 
So and what an ex- and what an exciting battle it is! What a treat it is that we get to tune in <laughs> to the best reality we? TV show in the world. Uh, an absolute shit off, as uh, as we, we um, the couple of weeks ago. Um, and that wraps up our events from the future. Cool, good. Well, now you know what's going to happen for the rest of the season. What's the point? What's the point of even uh, tuning into the rest of the year? Uh, right, with uh, <laughs> I think that um, with that great advertisement for the uh, the rest of the 2022 season, let's sign off, Tebs. Um, next week we should be going ahead with our first live show, so you'll be able to tune in live. Um, give us grief in the comment section on uh, on Facebook. Uh, so yeah, make sure to tune into that next Thursday evening. Uh, but yeah, otherwise enjoy the games, enjoy the London matchup. Uh, and uh, Tebs, we'll see everyone next week. Network.